Welcome to the ghost gig. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. Hello. Hello, everybody. How Hello. are we? Oh, that, that's the silence where they sort of go, what? <laughs> it's not pantomime. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. I've oh. been better. Um, at the time of recording, it's the Queen's Jubilee bank holiday weekend. Well, it is if you're in the UK. Yeah, in the UK. So, um, so the yeah. whole country's covered in bunting. Liz is doing a thing. Liz is doing a thing. And um, people are camping out by Buckingham Palace. Like really? crazy people. Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. Mostly Americans, I think. So no I think, idea. I think Americans like the royal family more than we do Some sometimes. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, maybe. Anglophiles definitely do. Yeah. Um, I mean, good for them. You know, I hope you see the Queen. I, I hope you do. I'm sure she'll wave. Yeah. I'm fond of her. I am fond of her, but not enough to go and live outside Buckingham Palace for four days. No, mm. it's fine that she's on the money. No, that's that's fine. Yeah. Anyway, she's hopefully you all have a wonderful um, bank holiday weekend if you are in the UK. And I know, well, she's very well loved throughout the world. So, you know, I know most people will probably be aware. It's her 70th Jubilee. 70th year doing her job. Yeah, basically. Not 70th Jubilee. That'd be quite impressive. That would be um, terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the oldest woman in the world. <laughs> she can literally just lift a finger to wave a little bit. Hello. That would be too terrifying for a horror podcast. We can't go there. Hello. Hey. Wang is very tired. Um, anyway, sorry, we'll stop um, talking bollocks. Um, we never, ever will. I can promise you that. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's why people listen. Um, yeah. So I hope you're all good. We're gearing up for that. Um, but we thought we'd try and get a blooming episode out before. It would be these, a good idea. These are sporadic. These episodes. Life has become insanely busy. Um, there's no excuse for it. If we just... I'm sorry Finding we have lives. <laughs> it's not that. I want to get these episodes out every two weeks. It's just not happening at the moment. So if you do like the show and you do listen, apologies. Um, we will try and get it back to um, yes, some normality. We are, we are fighting we are trying. To, to get it there. But um, anyway. The rest of life keeps having other ideas. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, we've, got, we've, got, we've got a really cool episode for you this we've time. We've got a double bill. We have. Well, you've gone double. I haven't. Um, well, we things will we make did sense. watch both. Yes. So we might as well discuss a bit of both. We will discuss a bit of both. But song-wise, I'm not giving too much away. Song-wise, you've, you've gone a different way to me, I think. I've not heard it. But anyway. I've heard yours, though. So um, we watched, when we very first moved into our flat and we had no Wi-Fi, we found a version of the newer haunting film. With Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes, from 1999. Um, and then, uh, a few weeks ago, we then watched the original as well. So we thought we'd have a go 1963. at... 1963. Yes. Um, so The Haunting is about a woman called Eleanor who comes to live or, or stay in a, a big old haunted house as a part of a kind of scientific Absolutely, experiment. Yes. Among other things. Among other things. Um, and among other people, actually. And all sorts of spooky stuff happens throughout the night. And she is sort of the main focus of the activity, yeah, basically. Um, that That's it in a nutshell, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. obviously there's other bits and pieces. She's very unhappy. She wants to, she wants adventure. She wants to, you know, yes, get yeah. some um, well, pizzazz into her life, you know, basically. Yeah. Um, and th- th- there's a doctor who's kind of, um, in the newer film, it's he's, he's doing something about sleep. And in the older film, he's just kind of um, investigating ghosts, isn't he? Really? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a paranormal investigator. Yes. In the yeah. more recent one. Yeah, sleep paralysis and, and insomnia yeah. and things. Which are oh, okay. Well, this this could be linked. Yeah, and then we watched it, and well, there's what, not quite enough going on here. That's what made me think to do that episode about sleep paralysis um, that we did. Yeah, a few months ago. We did a couple of months ago. Um, yeah. Well, 
you you know how I felt about the old film. I was like, I can't be this is not even bothered. I'm not I can't even be bothered to review this. It's terrible. It was dreadful. I don't think by itself it probably hasn't got enough for us to go into. No. Um, I don't think it was utterly terrible, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think that it it was just it was just a myth. It was a three out of five kind of film. If you really? want the the, the, yeah, the, the nutshell that- version, I, I'd be generous to it. It, mm. it was trying certain things. And actually, I think it probably came out at a time when, at the t- around 99, so it had Liam Neeson in it. Around the same time, he was about to appear in Star Wars. So yeah. when he was filming, he was like... <laughs> I don't need this. Um, <laughs> and all the other cast in it, it's like Owen Wilson doing his wow thing He's in pyjamas and that's basically all he does. Yeah. And Catherine, everyone else in it is just is hamming Zeta it Jones up. Jones being beautiful, but that's all she does. That's, yeah, she just stands there being Being, being beautiful. Um, actually, the woman who played um, Eleanor, Eleanor she, she was very good in it. I, yeah, I, she, she was, I was think right. she, she was trying really well and that, yeah. that carried it, to be honest. Yeah. So um, within the house, you know, all these people have been handpicked to come and take part in this experiment for different reasons. It's the same in both films. Yes. Um, yeah, the first the first film, oh, yeah, that first one we watched, I was like, especially at the end, I was like, oh, Would you call it the 99? The, the 99, and, Rather yeah. than the first, because that's yeah. not the first. Yeah, agreed. So the 99 film, I mean, especially at the end, I was just like, I, I wasn't even paying enough attention to actually, I was thinking, why are they doing that? I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think actually the, um, the 99 one might have come out at slightly the wrong time. They were trying for some big CGI special effects, which were not awful for its era, to be fair. No. Um, but actually, I think it came out at a time when actually all other horror films were basically in the wake of Blair Witch Project and were all found footage films. And it f- probably felt wildly at odds with everything else everyone was watching at that and time. A little, so it probably kind of felt a little bit... A little eh. weak. A little, little weak and amateur, if you ask me. But you know, I, know, I don't know. It, it looked quite sumptuous. Like the, the, set, the set designers had tried really hard with that. Oh, yeah, the house looked like, all It right. looked glorious. But the, yeah, the house looked, but the actual CGI was laughable. I no, thought, it, wasn't, then, it wasn't awful. It was just okay. Um, the, the uh, was it 63 film? 63, yeah. Was much, much better. Um, this is a classic. Uh, people have been saying, oh, you should do the haunting, you should do the haunting, you should do the haunting. Yes. And I have seen it before. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I found it quite irritating. Oh, that's I'm a sorry, shame. I know. The, that's a shame. It's, it's, the, it's the, the lead character, Eleanor. I just found her really whingy. And, and just all the inner monologues. Okay. I was thinking, oh God, another five minute. The oh, inner monologues were I a little here? bit heavy handed. Why should I be here? But I should be here. Or should I not be here? Oh God, what's going to happen? Oh, for fuck's sake, just go and go into rehab or something. You're they clearly didn't have different. rehab. It was the 60s. I, I, just, but I know what you mean. Just go. It, it did seem a little see, bit They like... would have had shrinks or something. I don't know. Go and see a doctor or something. Yeah. Like you're clearly not mentally very well. Fair enough. But why? Oh, no, it just. I, I didn't, I, I, there were bits I enjoyed. I, it was much better than the 99. There's a lollipop on my laptop. There is a lollipop ah, on my laptop. There's yeah. a lollipop on my laptop. That sounds like a tongue twister. Um, yes, it was much better than the 99. And it was of its time. It would have been a bit of a masterpiece. I mean, it, it was, it was, it came from the more theatrical traditions. Yeah. It was very dialogue heavy. Mm. And then occasionally there'd be effects. And actually the effects were the quite effects well were done great. in that. They, they weren't over the top. They, in like, yeah. we, we're much more used to being, things being effects sat saturated yeah. nowadays whereas in this one there's probably about 10 minutes where there's actually stuff happening in it yeah. most of it is actually people standing around talking about it and their reactions to it and things and that was all quite well done it was it was quite melodramatic yeah, yeah I think I but, think this is unfortunately just my personal thing I think the, it was a and I can imagine back in the day it would have been really fucking scary I oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure it was but I was just I just got a bit fed up of all the um, self-indulgent dreary monologues that she had 
you know, well, and, a... and of her driving, driving, thinking, thinking, driving, driving, thinking, thinking, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But, they used it very heavily, didn't they? Yeah, and I was just, she was just irritating, whingy, you know. I mean, none of the characters in that version were particularly likable. Like, actually, neither version were particularly likable. No, they not were all really. Flawed because it's a horror film. They have yeah. to have flaws or else there's yeah. not much to go on. Yeah, but um, the second film, I mean, my song focuses on the 63 film. Fair I didn't enough. even give the 99 film a look in. I did a bit of a comparison. Um, I know, so which is, which is cool. Um, so the sick, my song, um, before, we obviously play it later, but there was a real melancholic um, vibe to the 63 film. There you know? is, there and is. And that's what I focused on. And there, it was creep. there was some really creepy moments, but... No, there is. I, I love the bit where there's a, a set piece, which clearly there was a lot of there, but a budget went on where whatever it is is behind the door of the mm. room that we're all currently in. Yeah. And there's a knocking really really loud and the door is flexing like mechanically mm. it's yeah, flexing like the, the panel door is bulging yeah um it's like it's got a giant balloon behind it or something yeah. like it looks really affecting and um that yeah that was as i said and, it was a good film i'm just per- i just personally found eleanor irritating and unfortunately a lot of the film was eleanor so, it had some really good dialogue yeah, in it as well. I mean, it's, obviously, it's a dialogue-heavy film. Yeah. But there were some excellent monologues in it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they both they both films actually riffed on the um the woman the, the housekeeper. Yeah. Her, her quite iconic now. You know, I don't stay yeah. after dark. Yeah. Well, if yeah. You, if you if you're here after dark, no one will hear yeah, you. No one will hear you. All yeah. of that. You know, it's, it's that lengthy. Was, that was my next point. So, um, uh, just to, if you, if I may indulge you, um, my family would always sort of jokingly say, "In the dark." in the night <laughs> oh you don't want to do that for some reason in a west country accent but in the dark in the night and i was like when we watched that didn't i, I went oh that's what that's from <laughs> <laughs> there was some i don't know we take down quotes from films yeah but actually there was a fair few in this like silence lies sensibly against the, the wooden stone yeah there's some really nice use which, of language which here. are all from the novel which yeah yeah we will hear yeah. about later yeah um and um, I also want to mention, not that you've seen it, but the next flick, the Netflix series, Haunting of Hill House, it is really good, and we should watch okay. that. It's how, all... how closely do you think they align it's, in terms of plot? It's not. It, it's it's taken a very different spin on on the novel, okay. and because the two films are pretty close to the novel, the the sixty three version is a lot closer to the novel. It, the it does feel it. It does feel um, it. Haunting of Hill House on Netflix is. It, it has its own vibe. It has its own spin, and it's a TV series. It, it, it obviously has um, the characters and similarities, but yeah, um, we should definitely watch that. Um, soon. I'd be very up for that. Yeah, it's well, very we have good. a lot of things we're trying to watch yeah, at the moment. It's so. very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think my I don't if you um, don't listen so much to my opinion because I just personally found Eleanor annoying. Other than that, it's a, the. I suppose the, it's the a 60, she's quite a focus of the whole film. Yeah, isn't the sixty-three it? film is really good. I just personally didn't like Eleanor, but that's not that you know that's just me. So I would definitely recommend watching I, I, it. I think it was definitely worth a, sh- a watch yeah. because you see how horror films have been in different times. Yeah, and if you then remember, you know, a decade later, you're at The Exorcist. Yeah, and it's such a stark it's crazy, difference. isn't it? That is crazy. Um, but it's, it's from a very different school of thought of horror as well. Yeah. It's a completely different era. Um, it's much more, and it was still probably being called genre cinema yeah you know it's it's engaging but it to the audience at a time it was probably quite quite fun i can imagine i, I said i imagine it was bloody terrifying back then i think it probably the, was the, the way the door bends and flex and then and the, the banging noises um they wouldn't have seen anything like that before exactly it was a bit more of a progression on this sort of old-fashioned ghost story yeah. that you tell yeah really but done done on film and it was quite effectively done i think yeah. for its for it, they, they had you know yeah very capable actors I dialogue. I personally 
I mean, I don't know if you agree, but I personally wouldn't bother with the 93 film. 99. Uh, sorry, 99 um, I don't think I'd bother watching it again. It had some interesting pieces in it, like they'd added to the story. Yeah. If you remember. So like um, there's some extra characters in it, mm-hmm. which usually isn't a good sign. Although I wouldn't say in this case they were awfully done. They were actually worthwhile additions. Like there's a whole set piece in the 99 version with um, when the characters are being introduced to each other in the house. Yeah. There's a harpsichord present. And one of them is taken out quite soon because the harpsichord string gets turned by an invisible force, yeah. breaks, and then catches her across the eye. Yeah, that, that, that was, quite, that was like, all right. I remember wincing at that, going, oh, yeah. oh. Because like, it goes right across her eye. Good um, ideas, but yeah, I and, don't know. And the, the, the whole fireplace thing actually was very good mm, in that I, version. So I'm struggling to remember now because I, I, I was... So, so there's a giant fireplace in the main hall, and yeah. in, in, it turns out there's some, there's some remains buried underneath it. Because there's Liam Neeson digging in it. Yeah. Um, and he finds some springy bones, which I didn't include in the song because I couldn't work it in. Springy but bones. It was springy, which is a little bit of a downside. But mm. there was this giant swinging... Um, chimney flu, I suppose it is, or something. Mm. Um, that isn't in. I might be maybe it's in the book. I'm not sure. But it definitely wasn't in the '63 version. And nice to have additions that actually add something because often when they remake films, the additions are a bit pants. Yes, absolutely. Um, and this I don't think was actually one of those occasions. I think they could have done something with it. It just turns out that I don't know. The plot felt a bit clumsy. Mm. Um, with the bits they'd taken out compared to what they left in, and it kind of left. The character's a bit adrift and perhaps even a bit strangled, really, because yep. they were trying to do different things. Uh, I know in, in the in the sixty three version, for example, Theo is um, like the, the next door almost roommate, kind of yes. sisterly role, isn't she? And very much psychic as well. She's psychic, yes. Whereas yep. the Catherine Zeta Jones Theo, I don't really remember that coming across. I think, that I think she is, but they play much more on the sexuality side when it's Catherine yeah, Zeta Jones. Yeah, the original really... version, she's a very well, it was the sixties, so she's a very pragmatic, straightforwardly minded. Um, yeah woman who's not very interested in men yeah. and that's as far as they go yeah in this and in, in the 99 version like a handful of lines in can is it dita jones talks about her girlfriends and boyfriends mm, yeah like very overtly this is a very different approach yeah. to the character I, I, I don't know because they use it to threaten what they call her nelly in that version don't mm-hmm. they that nelly just looks unsettled by the whole thing yeah i liked um, the in the 63 version i liked the psychic part of nell um, yeah. Sorry, not now, Theo. Theo, yes. I liked the psychic park of Theo because you're you're not told it straight away. She just suddenly knows things about people. Yes, and that was I thought that was good. I liked that. Yeah, she just she, it's like she just watches people mm-hmm. and then says things. Yeah. And they go, oh, you're right. But she starts calling Ellen and Nell straight away, and Ellen says, "Oh, how do you know that's that's my my name?" Or you know, how do you know people call me mm. now? She goes, "Well, that's the affectionate that's term the for affectionate Eleanor." Term, isn't it? Yes. I was thinking, oh yeah, that's clever. I like that. It is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, obviously in the later version it is going to be more sort of sexy and all that because well, sexy, but also they try and almost cast her as the wacky neighbor type. I remember thinking because mm. she's a bit. I don't. Know, I, th- I think honestly, all the ca- all of the cast except for the woman playing Eleanor um, are, are, are they're intentionally hamming it a little bit, and that's yeah. fine. Like I think they're enjoying themselves. Yeah, I well, do. I forgive Catherine Lisa Jones because a couple of years later, Chicago was made. So you know. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I, good, I forgive her but... for that. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone was doing an awful job in it. I, I think that there was a different approach taken with the film, and I, I think it, the approach overall wasn't. It didn't land that well. No. That's all. Yeah, agreed. I, I said I personally wouldn't bother with the '99 version, '63 version. Absolutely, yes. Ignore my grumblings about um, about Eleanor. That's just me. Watch it, and it's it's a very important film within the horror yeah, genre yeah, as well. It it's a really it important is. film. Whereas the '99 version is not important no. in, in, in canon, really. Um, no. But I wouldn't say it's a waste of time. I probably won't watch it again very quickly, to be honest. It's, it's, I, I've seen it now, and mm. the bits that are good about it, and there are some, um, I, I don't feel like I need to relive, no. particularly. No. Um, but they are very different takes on the same story. 
I'd be curious to see other adaptations in the future. Well, seeing as you've kind of done a song that compares the two, should we hear your song first? Because I'm kind of intrigued as to okay. Uh, okay. see what you yeah. come up with. Whereas my one is, I'm, I'm pleased with it, but it is only I'm really focusing. It sounds lovely. It is only focusing on the uh, 63 version. So let's hear Fair yours enough. first. Let's okay. hear yours yeah, first. That's, that's fine. We'll do that. Back to back. When the films pace out and then they turn and they hit their mark You would think that it's the same target but in reality It's a different market Originally made into a film in 63 The 99 remake seems to not have been as well received but each house wants the same from Nelly While they argue over Theo It's a marrow versus Mark Wayne Though I think I could watch either Though they both work differently Both do carry some appeal When the housekeeper's not around don't start screaming if you visit Hill House On 63, draped in his own melodrama smugly One woman in velvet, the other in tweed Theo gets subtly coded the 99.5 lines in She's brazenly stated, better dressed 99 stands proud puffing its chest it's plot additions and it's extra characters in lavish sets, maybe to hide its cast. Each house wants the same from Nelly, while they argue over Theo. It's a marrow versus Mark Wayne, though I think I could watch either. Though they both work differently, both do carry some appeal when the housekeeper's not around. Don't start screaming if you visit Hill House. Both houses built for a silver spoon, with whose dark curtains are torn. Who's doing the hair stroking against whose hand were you holding? I don't stay after dark each film grips while it smirks at us. Each marvellous knowingly, but that divergence is plain to see. Back to back, when the films pace out and then they turn, they hit their mark. You would think that it's the same target, but in reality, it's a different market. once the same from Nelly, while they argue over Theo. It's a marrow versus Mark Wayne, though I think I could watch either. Though they both work differently, both do carry some appeal When the housekeeper's not around Don't start screaming if you visit Hill House I have to say, there we go. that falsetto, very impressive, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that wasn't... Didn't know you could do that. That's that, amazing. That wasn't me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. So to explain myself a little bit, I'll probably do a bit more in the what were you thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were you thinking? What were... Yeah, anyway. Um, 
I started out with a line back to back, and I realised basically in my head I was seeing the two films as a as a standoff in a western film. Oh. Hence the spaghetti western esque sounds. Yeah, <laughs> and then them two they smirk at you and they go, "I don't stay after dark," <laughs> and they they're laughing at you. Both of them are laughing at you, but in different ways. Okay, so that's the direction I went it, with it. it. To me, I was like, "Did you have like a choir of monks in here?" While I was not, you know, while I was out at some point, you know, only a very small one. Okay. I mean, I don't know where you get a choir of monks from. Well, getting small monks is actually the difficult small part. Small monks, little monks. Little box of small monks. <laughs> it's so, okay, of... you just feed them like uh, lettuce leaves and, and things. And they're all and sort of sing. doing the bass, like, oh, and you're just over the top. Well, obviously, I'm glad you thought that it was me doing the high bit. <laughs> oh, why not? You know, exactly. You can do anything you want, Vince. Yeah. Sky's the limit. I can't reach the sky. Oh, no. Excuse me while I try and reach, reach the sky. The sky. <laughs> well, my song is very, very simple. Um, I literally just took the um, tone of the 63 You film. did. You reflected it well, I feel. Yeah. Um, go ahead and play it. Okay, I'll do that thing. Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling sad? Is your homeless homely Make your family mad Do you want to melt away Leave this life so gray Are you craving adventure Keep the demons at bay In the dark, in the night, in the dark, in the night, at night. You've got these strange new friends, and the ones you cannot see. They'll help you heal and mend We'll be the ones to set you free When they knock, make sure you answer So they can breathe your fear and woe You're their puppet, you're their dancer When they beckon, be ready to go feeling creeped not out gonna and, lie. Uh, not gonna lie bloody pleased with that because i it obviously wasn't a comedy one this time it was i wanted to unsettle people and make people feel a bit freaked out i had to mix this yeah and i've just heard it back just for the first time today and I thought, so. <laughs> um sorry for my american accent <laughs> uh, do you know what i thought it was okay you've done spanish so far I've you've tried spanish. american accents yeah yeah just go for it all um those quotes were all from the novel 
Um, a lot of them are in the the uh, sixty three film. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and a couple of them are definitely in the Netflix ones as well. Really? Um, okay. We both had the "My God, whose hand was I holding?" quotes. Well, it's very prominent, mm. isn't it? Yeah. But that's, that's why I think it stood out in the the later version mm. because it became a yeah a hair stroking they added in. I think if I remember, Maybe. it was a hand holding. So yeah. Um, I've also realised that it was very influenced by the movie Coraline. If you think of the music in Coraline, just realised. Oh that. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were influenced by that, weren't you? Yeah. But again, add that to your um. What were you thinking? What were you? Yes, I'm going to attempt to make a. What were you thinking? Video this week, and we'll see how that goes. It'll go well because I'll just be sort of going, Vince. How does this work, Vince? Vince. It's okay. It's all right. I like I like to be useful. Yeah. Um. Well, so we hope you enjoyed the songs, and now we're going to get into a little bit of a history of um this film, which will lead into a little story. How's that sound? I like the sound of all of that. Sure. I like that we're on theme. Lovely. Um. So the author of Hill House, the novel, was Shirley Jackson. And she's got a little bit of an interesting story herself. Would you like to hear about that? I think you're going to tell me anyway, but actually okay. I would. He is uh, tied to the chair and cannot leave. So I mean, she says tied. She used gaffer tape. She's very lazy. <laughs> he could just like burst through if he wanted to. No, I can't. No. I, I buy good quality okay. gaffer tape. You stay there and listen. <sighs> <laughs> right. Are you ready? Yes. So this is Shirley and Nandor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's not Nando from it's no, not No, I'm thinking oh it's not that Nando, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. It's a good name though. I know. And I'm guessing this is where they named the character. I'm sure from, that's where they um, named from, from yeah. what we do in the shadows, which is by the way, no review needed. Nandor watch the Relentless. It. Yeah. No review needed, watch it. Just just watch, just watch it. it. Just do yourself a favour and just go watch that, but yeah. we're off topic. Anyway, so Shirley and Nando. Here is a list of things of what not to do. If you want to be taken seriously as a female author. One, use ghosts and demons in your work. Should I be taking notes? Well, you're not female, so you don't have to. No, I'm crap at being female. Two, publicly describe yourself as an amateur practicing witch. Wow. Three, boast about hexes you've placed on prominent publishers. (laughs) (laughs) I like her. (laughs) Four, write comedic essays for women's magazines about your hectic life as a wife and a mother. I mean, how dare she? (sighs) Shirley Jackson did all of these things and as a result was widely dismissed within the publishing world. At best, she was branded a purveyor of high-toned horror stories. Oh, but high-toned though. Yeah, high-toned. I like that. A less kind critic nicknamed her Virginia Werewolf. Oh, now that's quite clever. Yeah, Virginia <laughs> Werewolf. Like... Can we name this episode Virginia Werewolf? I quite like that. I think we should. Yeah. I think we should in her honour because that's, yeah, honestly, absolutely. that's a really cool name. For most of Shirley's life, this reputation stuck. However, today her work, The Lottery, A Story of Human Sacrifice, has become a staple piece for American kids to study. And her novel, The Haunting of Hill House, is now mentioned as often as one of the best ghost stories of all time. If only she'd been around to hear that. But what inspired Shirley to write such a book? Although she never apparently experienced anything herself of the paranormal, she was always intrigued by the occult. She is believed to have owned a huge library of witchcraft books, an interest that developed from her early years in college when she began to dabble with tarot cards. She would often joke about putting hexes on people, including using her skills to break the leg of a publisher that she had fallen out with. Just a joke, right? Of course. Or was it? (laughs) (laughs) Shirley often struggled with loneliness and this became apparent in her novel, The Haunting of Hill House. 
It's believed that her inner demons and unhappiness helped her create the emotional and haunting core of the book, representing herself through the protagonist, Eleanor. During the writing of the novel, Shirley sent her estranged husband a letter, reading. You once wrote me a letter telling me I would never be lonely again. I think that that was the first and most dreadful lie you ever told me. Ooh, that's very sad, isn't it? Very cutting as yeah. well. Of course, there were many other things that inspired Shirley to write her famous ghost story. One very prevalent source was that of the poltergeist accounts collected by psychic researcher Nandor Hordor. And we're <laughs> about to hear one of those accounts right now. Okay. 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 Try not I, to think I, I, of Nandor is, from. Uh, not, no, 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 no. I'm disassociating them. Fine. Yeah. No, I, she sounds like a really interesting individual. She does, and it, I. We, we, know, we don't read about this if, no, in, in the UK. As I wanted a part of our to. So. I wanted to look more into her book because there's no actual paranormal activity that she experienced herself. You know, she's not for this podcast with you know for a full story. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But she's very. She's a really fascinating person to research. So. Okay. Have a if you're interested in uh, in that kind of thing, she's she's really interesting. So give her a look up. Are you ready then? Absolutely. It was Monday, the twenty first of February, nineteen thirty eight. Nandor Fordor sat comfortably in his office chair and slit open a letter that had been delivered to him. It was from the Reverend Francis Nicholl, an East End clergyman. The Reverend wanted to alert Nandor of a poltergeist attack in the suburb of Thornton Heath, just south of London, which had been featured in a recent report in the Sunday pictorial paper. I wonder whether you have seen it, wrote Nicole. Unfortunately, the actual address is not given. He went on to say that he thought the haunting sounded even more remarkable than a similar case both men had investigated earlier that year. Nandor was a Jewish-Hungarian journalist. For the past four years, he'd also been the chief ghost hunter at the Institute of Psychical Research. He loved this work as it allowed him to investigate strange and bizarre events. However, the spiritual world had recently turned against him, accusing him of being cynical about the paranormal and unkind to mediums. These damning charges were printed in the best-selling Psychic News and were highly damaging to his reputation. He'd even recently been sued. Now, holding the letter in his hands, Nandor was desperate to prove his sincerity and redeem himself. He needed to find a ghost. Nandor set about straight away to purchase a copy of the latest pictorial. The story about the poltergeist jostled for space with a large picture of Adolf Hitler. Oh, I know. He was poised to invade Austria, and the poltergeist article headline seemed to issue from the Fuhrer's shouting mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost wrecks home, read the headline. Family terrorised. Nandor read the article, his eyes widening as he took in the words. The disturbance, it seemed, came from Alma Fielding, a young housewife who lived with her husband, son and lodger. About a week ago, Alma had been gripped by a pain in her pelvis while she was visiting a friend. She'd hurried home, still shaking from a burning sensation, and took herself off to bed. Alma had had problems with her kidneys for years, so had a stock of antibiotics and medicines ready. She lay in bed, hoping for sleep, shivering one minute and sweating the next. Outside, however, a strong wind swept through the streets, driving heavy rain, sleet and snow with it. 
Alma was bedridden for the next few days. Around midweek, she was joined by her husband Leslie, who usually spent his days working as a builder and decorator. Leslie had recently had a tooth being pulled out so he could be fitted with dentures. This is a bit grim, just to warn you. His gums were bleeding so heavily that he had to take to his bed too. For the next few days, Les and Alma lay together, his mouth leaking blood (laughs) and her abdomen pulsing with pain. Abdomen, sorry. Pulsing with pain. Romantic, eh? I know. (laughs) Happy anniversary, darling. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Love, Love you. Outside, a bright frost settled on the trees. The storm had long since died down, but the um, outside stayed cold and sharp. Then, Alma noticed a peculiar six-digit handprint on the mirror above the bedroom fireplace. Perhaps a side effect from the drugs she'd been taking? Maybe, maybe. Around midnight on Friday, the couple were trying to sleep when they heard something shatter nearby. Alma flicked on her light. She and Les stared at the shattered shards of her water glass on the floor. Suddenly, Les's tumbler flew past them and splintered against the wall. Terrified, frozen, they waited. The room remained silent. Put out the light, said Les. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Trying to breathe calmly. I suppose you just need some entertainment. Are you at laughing that point? at my voice or are you laughing at the no, voice? No, 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 the, no, the story. <laughs> I'm trying to do voices. I'm trying to do voices. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm branching out, you know, okay. branching out. Pal- Alice is available for voiceovers, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Put out the light, said Les. Let's see what happens. Trying to breathe calmly, Alma switched off her lamp. Almost immediately, a dank wind swept through the room and picked up their eider down in such a way that it swarmed around their faces, falling over their heads. Light back on, came Les's muffled voice. (laughs) (laughs) Alma fumbled to find the switch. She flicked it, but the light refused to come on. Panicking, they began to shout for help. Hearing their cries, their teenage son, Donald, hurried over to their room. As he opened the door, he had to duck a flying pot of face cream. That does sound terrifying. (laughs) The lodger, George, was behind him. He was struck by two coins, a shilling and a penny. The pair of them retreated, and Donald hurried off to find some matches. With one set alight, he slowly made his way back to his parents' room. He held it up to his mother's bedside lamp. The bulb from the lamp had completely vanished. It was found moments later, unbroken and still hot to the touch, on a chair on the other side of the room. Hmm. Weird. The next morning... Alma felt well enough to go downstairs. While she was in the kitchen, an egg smashed by itself and a saucer appeared to snap itself in half. Alma was at a loss. A ghost hardly seemed a matter for the police, so instead she contacted the Sunday Victorial. Funnily enough, the newspaper was running a series of supernatural events and were inviting readers to send in their experiences. Come to my house, Alma implored the Victorial's news desk. There are things going on here that I cannot explain. Two reporters were dispatched. As soon as they were admitted into the house, an egg flew down the corridor to land at their feet. This, this thing hates eggs. It does. It really hates eggs. Maybe it's vegan. Yeah. Well, Al- Egg-shaped things like bulbs. <laughs> yeah. Alma led them into the kitchen. A pink china dog 
fell to the floor and shattered into a thousand pieces. Oh, now the dogs as well. I know, I know. A sharp blended tin opener cut through the air at head height. Teacups were lifted out of their hands, saucers splintered as if shot in midair. Alma screamed as one of them exploded right in her hand, slicing into her thumb. The wound was being treated when a loud smashing noise came from the kitchen. Somehow, a wine glass had escaped the locked cabinet it was in and lay in pieces on the floor. Another egg whirled round the room. Yeah, it really hates eggs, yeah. doesn't it? Maybe it's, it's trying like, to cook breakfast. Yeah, yeah. I it's think trying, it's trying to cook breakfast. It's trying to be nice. It's just like a really drunk person yeah, trying yeah. to, trying yeah. to yeah. make oh, you a fry-up. scrambled eggs. Yeah. How do you like your eggs? Scrambled? How many eggs Bones? do you want? What's wrong with your eggs? They keep breaking. <laughs> Another egg whirled through the room. Then a giant chunk of coal rose from the grate and launched itself at one of the reporter's heads, missing him by an inch. The house seemed under siege from itself. Les, Don and George were all at home, but as far as the reporters could see, none of them were responsible for the phenomena. By now, a large crowd had gathered outside. Among them was a palm reader who the reporters invited into the house. Of course. He advised that Alma was a very strong carrier of ectoplasm. And uh, if you're not sure what that is, it's the slime-like substance that can apparently be used to materialise spirits. He said... How does one be strong with ectoplasm? I don't know. Sounds. You're probably strong with ectoplasm. Strange medical diagnosis. Yeah, it sounds like something you'd be a carrier of. He said that the chaos in the house uh, were warning signs. He also said that her son was in danger. The pictorial published this piece the next morning under the slogan, This is the most curious front story page news we have ever printed. In an ordinary terrace in Thornton Heath, it declared, some malevolent ghostly forces is working miracles. Poltergeist, that's what science call it. The spirituals, they say it's all caused by a mischievous earthbound spirit. On the inside of the page was a photo of Alma, Don and George, all gazing warily at a large lump of coal. We can't buy more eggs. So now, if I can remind you that this article is currently being read by Nandor. Remember that? Yes. yes. Yeah. So he was gripped by the story. Eating, uh, eating eggs. Eating the eggs. <laughs> and hoped it would provide him with the proof of the supernatural that he'd so desperately needed. Maybe it would also help him develop some more daring ideas about the occult. Nandor, a big fan of Sigmund Freud's work, wondered whether there might be kinetic forces at work here. Could an unconscious mind unleash these forces, creating this activity? The ghost seemed to have focused all the attention on one woman, on Alma, and directed its violence at the men in the house. Nandor knew he must act quickly here before any other ghost hunters could sink their claws into the case. These kind of things tended to only last a few days. He composed a letter to the Sunday Pictorial's editor, a 24-year-old called Hugh Cudlip, asking if he could come in on the case. Would Cudlip be good enough to give him the haunted family's address in Thornton Heath? Reminding Cudlip that he, could, he had already submitted several articles about uncanny events to the Victorial, Fordor promised to report back on everything he found. What do you think he found? Well, exciting things. Would you like to know what he found? I would like to know what he found. Then you'll have to tune in next time. Oh, no, I didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> didn't realise we were that kind of podcast well, all of a sudden. I, it was such a long thing. Okay. I was like, okay. we're going to, we're going to, people are going to be no, listening for three idea. hours. So, I think that's a good idea. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Sorry, everyone. I actually didn't know she was going to do that. No, I didn't tell you. That's I'm fine. very sorry.
I thought you were going to tell us and it was all going to wrap up nicely and then we could sign off and everything no. would be lovely. And do you know what he found? Nothing. Goodbye. <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you, you could summarise it. Okay. So, okay. Next time then. Yeah. Well, now we have to come back to it next time. Yeah, we do. Um, so, uh, that is it for this afternoon. Well, this afternoon, this morning. It's the morning This episode. Here. This morning. This episode. Um, time appropriate period of day. Okay. Um. So if you are in the UK, have a wonderful Jubilee Bank Holiday weekend. I know that people are probably listening to this in six months' time and it'll make no sense, whatever. But it really, really you, won't. Have a good have a good weekend. Have whichever. a good time. Yeah. Um, and just to say, everyone, um, if you do enjoy this podcast, please do get in touch with us. Um, yeah. I'm just going to be a little bit honest here. I've had a few doubts recently about, about the show. So I would really love to hear from people. If you like the show, we, we do love making it um, and we are proud of it. But if you like the show, just just give us a little message. Um, Alice is feeling insecure. Mm. Well, you know. Yes, you are. I just want to. Okay. I just want to hear from people. That's all. I just want to hear from people um, because we we enjoy doing this, and I know there are some lovely, wonderful people who do listen. Um, but if you haven't said hi, please do. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can, and you can email us ghostgiguk at gmail dot com. Ghostgiguk at gmail dot com. Um, have a wonderful uh, rest of your weekend, guys. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, and thanks for listening so much. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.